everyone, and welcome to a new episode of SDGC After Hours. Today, we have a very special episode. This is our first episode we are recording with next-gen hardware actually in people's hands. Unfortunately, those hands are not mine. But we do have some very, very qualified guests to talk about the Xbox Series X today. Um, we have a former member of SDGC who has decided to come back, uh, help me out with this. Zach, how are you today? Uh, I am very good. I've taken the last few days off of work to really uh, put a lot of time in with both the Series X and PS5, so very cool to be back and, and, and talking about the consoles with you. Awesome, and thank you for joining. And then we also have Samuel Tolbert, writer for Windows Central and Android Central. How are you, Sam? I am doing really, really well, Justin. Um, unlike Zach, I have not taken a few days off of work. I have very much been continuing to work, but I have been spending a lot of time with these new consoles, and I have to say I'm really enjoying it. Awesome. Um, so, to start, you you guys got have had your Xbox Series X for a few days now, correct? Yeah, yeah. since yeah. launch day. Since launch. So you got, oh, you guys got yours on launch, huh? Uh, d- did they ship before the release date? They did, yeah, Justin. They it's, did. Wow. It's weird. It's wow. weird, Justin. What, what, what a concept. <laughs> if only some of the uh, largest retailers in the country could uh, come up, c- come to that conclusion. That would just be wonderful. Anyway, so, all right. So, c- let's just start first things first. Um, so, you guys got your consoles. We're just going to start with your overall impressions of just the physical unit like when you actually just got the console out of the box how it looks how it fits into your entertainment center that sort of thing sure i mean my first impression uh sam like this is from taking it from the curb i wonder if this is the same for you is it just really heavy like it is a heavy console it's dense dense is the word i would use it's it's honestly especially with all the memes about the tower of power and the xbox series x being so big ever since it was revealed at the game awards 2019 it isn't as tall as you would think it is, really. It's it's not really that tall, but that thing is dense. You can tell it has been packed full, and there's not really any empty space in there, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's really easy to do, like, the, you know, it's kind of been memed to death uh, already, but it's really easy to get a lot of fingerprints on it, because you just have to, like, put your hands on it a lot to, like, handle it to get the plugs in when you're, like, hooking it up. So, yeah, like, after I was just, like, kind of, you know, wipe out the my greasy little fingers from rubbing it. But no, it's it's a really big it's a really big console. Uh but like the packaging it came in was really nice and secure. Uh it it looked like a premium product and uh yeah, like Sam's saying, not as tall as I thought, but definitely like the overall like length by width by height, it's it's a dead It's toy. substantial. It's, it's a... substantial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Sam, did you have any anything to add to that? Not really. Um, I the setup was easy. I have to say, which I guess is kind of the segue into actually getting the thing hooked up. Uh, it, it was very simple to just you know HDMI cord to TV, power cable. They abandoned the external power brick a long time ago. Thank God. Um, but yeah, it was it was simple. I like it. I really it, it has. I've I've stood it vertically. My understanding is Zach has his horizontally, which I'm I'm not a fan of. No, honestly. no, no. Mine's vertical. Mine's vertical. Oh, it is. Mine's okay. Vertical. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, gotta Good. keep it vertical. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, you know, just what you're saying in terms of ease of setup. Uh, it actually uses the same power cord as the Xbox 
One X uses. And so I didn't even have to go and fiddle around with the back of my TV. I could just use the same cord, uh, which is great. And, you know, I mean, I had to swap out the HDMI to HDMI 2.1. But like Sam said, like I had it plugged in, updated and in use with probably within five minutes. It was really fast. That's awesome. Did you guys have trouble like fitting it into like your entertainment centers at all? Because I know with both consoles, um, you know, people have been kind of concerned about that, especially with like the emphasis on being vertical and everything. I didn't personally, I was able to, I had to move some stuff around. Don't get me wrong. I had to remove one shelf from my entertainment center, but mercifully the, the way mine is set up, I shared some pictures on Twitter. It was actually very easy. It was just taking 20 seconds to remove that shelf. And then all of a sudden I had all this free room that the console could just be centered in perfectly fine. No issues there. Yeah, similarly. So last gen, I kept both of my consoles uh, horizontal, uh, one on one shelf and then one on the shelf above it. Uh, and in preparation, mostly actually because of the PS5's height, I ended up doing what Sam described where I was like, all right, I'm going to take out a drawer and then I'm going to stick both of these things horizontally. And that's what worked. So they fit in my unit, but like I, it should be noted that I did have to take a shelf out to make it work. Um, yeah. I mean, Ikea, the modular, how modular Ikea furniture is, I guess, is a, a godsend here. Nice. One thing that I've kind of noticed in some of the pictures that I've seen, it's like, it didn't really dawn on me till after I kind of saw the pictures of the console in the wild in people's setups is that it really does kind of blend. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, it does kind of just blend in with everything. And that was kind of the point where I realized what they were doing with this design. Like, um, cause when, when they're showing like these big pictures and they're like, look at how feel true power and like hovering it over the ocean <laughs> and everything. You're like, that's kind of weird for the that design. But then when you see it, like, actually in a setup, it kind of fades in with everything else. Did you guys kind of find that with your setups as well? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, to it, me... It, it, go ahead, Sam. No, I was just going to say, it blends in. It blends right in. It's, it's not easy to notice if there isn't a light being shown on it. And honestly, I think that's the entire point. It's not supposed to stand out. It's supposed to be like, hey, deliver power to the TV, play the games. Like... So one little thing I've noticed, uh, and it's actually, I, I didn't notice it until my PS5 came yesterday, uh, but uh, the, it, like, okay, so one, next to the PS5, it's it's way more subtle. Obviously, the PS5 is designed for you to look at it, right? That's their whole thing. It's like, look at this beautiful thing we've made. And Xbox is like, plug me in and forget I'm here. Uh, but then the one thing I also noticed is the power button uh, on the Xbox One and Series X is pretty similar. It's, a, it's you push the button and it clicks and then it puts a, a light behind it that glows white. But I actually noticed on the Series X, I don't know if you've seen this, Sam, the light is a little bit fainter uh, than what you'd see on the Xbox One X. The One X is like, it, it lights up and it's full there. Here, it's kind of like uh, a light behind, like, almost what feels like tinted windows, right? Like, it's kind of got a sheen over it. Much more subtle. Which, yes. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It creates a dimmer light, but you can still always tell the console is on, but it's not like a bright light you're ever seeing. It's like, in a dark room, it would look like an idle light, but never draw your attention, which is... Uh, honestly what i want i want to i want to plug it in and forget it's there and just interact with the tv nice so next step obviously um we talked a little bit about the setup and stuff but just getting in um let's just get into the game impressions um so uh you know it's no secret xbox kind of has a bit of a sparse exclusive launch lineup but mm. still a lot of games to play 
Um, so let me know kind of what you guys have been playing and like what what you think about you know how Series X is powering those games, um, how the new features are panning out, stuff like that. Yeah, Sam, so, what have you been starting with? Okay, so um, I know we've both been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so I'll hold off on that because I think we both have a lot to say about that game and what the upgrades have sort of done for it. Uh, other than that, I have been diving into the Series X enhancement for Gears 5, which is really good. The Coalition already did a great job on the Xbox One X version of Gears 5, and the Series X version is even better. The new, the textures that are brought in, ultra quality from the PC version, the ray-traced shadows, the enhanced lighting, it's really, really good. It's, it's crisp, it's clean, it hits a higher native resolution than it did before, the frame rate doesn't waver. I've really enjoyed that. And more importantly than all of that, it just loads really quick. Uh, Zach has played a lot of Gears 5 with me, so it's he knows very well, as well as I do, that, like, it sometimes takes a long time to load up. It can sometimes take a good minute to get into a match. And now it's just, it's instantaneous. I'm waiting for the other players to load in at this point. I can get to the main menu in about 10 seconds. And that's without quick resume enabled. It's its really, really good. So I, I might chalk this up. So I, similarly, I played a lot of Gears 5. I might chalk this up to launch day. Microsoft had some stability issues. But one thing I actually have found is, is like you're saying, loading is really fast to get into matches. And 120 hertz uh, at 4K is like, like I mean, kind of astounding that it works and it looks as good as it does. It, it feels great in motion. The one thing I actually found, Sam, was that uh, when I booted up the game, when you see the title card and then you press A to get to the main menu like every other game does, I actually had a really long load there, like maybe maybe 40 seconds, which felt I did. I did the me. first time as well. I think it was just resyncing data and like optimizing for the first time because it hasn't done it since then. It, it, it only did yeah. it that one time, so I'm willing to chalk that up to a launch day. Sure, and, and it is also, I guess it's also worth noting that, like, uh, as soon as you launch into the main menu of that game, they share a bunch of stuff about, like, where the current multiplayer season is at, and so maybe it's, when Xbox had so many people online, like, booting up, maybe mm -hmm. it caused some choking there, but either way, in motion, Gears Gears 5 feels like the standout in terms of uh, current-gen upgrades, mm -hmm. uh, it, it looks incredible, like you were saying, 60 FPS and multi, or er, er, uh, single-player is great, but... For me, it's the the combination uh, improved response time in uh, multiplayer and, and also just the, the frame rate just feels uh, incredible. Feels very, very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, one other game, I don't know if you got a chance to look at this, Zach. I checked out the optimization for Ori and the Will of the Wisp, which is already a gorgeous game. Already looks incredible. But there's actually two different modes now. There's uh, one which is 4K at 120 FPS. And then there's another, which is still 60 FPS, but it's actually a downsampled 6K. And I checked that mode out, um, and it looks amazing. It looks like a painting is just in motion. There is literally no hard line to be found anywhere. It, it looks absolutely mind-blowing. Pictures that you like post to Twitter don't do it justice. You have to be there like actually seeing it to see the kind of crisp visual detail that you're getting. So I've enjoyed that. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I haven't tried out Ori yet. I think I downloaded the update, but I haven't jumped in. Uh, the other stuff I've been sticking with uh, at launch uh, were, were the other three new games that it feels like they're, that's it, basically. Uh, that's not true. There's a few more. But um, Valhalla, like you mm -hmm. were saying, Watch Dogs Legion, uh, and then uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. So I'll start with Watch Dogs Legion because I don't have that much to say. I mostly wanted to grab it because some of the proc gen stuff looked pretty cool. Uh, and I liked that it was being led by Clint Hawking, who did some of my favorite work on Far Cry 2. 
Um, but I, I was mostly attracted to it because it was the only AAA game on Xbox with ray tracing at launch. And so I was like, ah, oh, let's see how this, this looks. Um, and the answer is the ray tracing looks pretty good. The image quality is pretty sharp. Uh, it's just a shame that Watch Dogs Legion isn't more fun to play so far. Uh, it feels, um, you know, like, it, especially compared to Valhalla, Valhalla feels like a very confident game that really knows what it's doing. And I think that's a product of, uh, Odyssey and Origins being really good Assassin's Creed entries, whereas compared to Watch Dogs, which has had a troubled time, I don't know, it just, compared to Valhalla, uh, Legion just hasn't done a lot for me. Yakuza is definitely uh, a demanding game, but looks very current gen, did not, like, blow me away with its visual suite, but uh, Valhalla has to be one of the most transformative uh, Series X experiences I've had so far. What about you, Sam? Oh yeah, Valhalla is, I think, the standout in terms of well, I think Gears 5 is arguably technically more proficient, and Ori's beautiful, obviously. I think Valhalla is the biggest leap for me, if that makes any sense. The, the, Valhalla is the biggest next-gen, in quotation moments, uh, quotation marks, sorry, biggest next-gen moment I've had in terms of going from 30 FPS in Assassin's Creed to 60 FPS. And it just, it transforms the entire game. Combat feels so much better. Climbing feels so much better. You see details in the animations that you didn't see before. Or, or in the objects or in cloth or animals running around on the snowy hills. It, it, it's really good. And that's on top of the fact that I think Valhalla is actually a very good game on its own. Technical stuff aside. Yeah. I think it has, like you said, very strong direction. Um, Valhalla has a clear narrative structure. You can argue about... Like, I, I don't want to sink too far into the whole debate of Assassin's Creed going with the animus stuff versus the historical stuff, but I think, without spoilers, this game is managing both really well. It's doing both in an intriguing way. The modern-day stuff isn't boring me, and the Viking narrative of, you know, conquering, displacement, leaving your homeland to go to England, like, it's very, very compelling. I like Eivor as a protagonist. I like their brother Sigurd. Um, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and, and I think uh, in terms of, like, actual next-gen performance with that, uh, you know, some people have noted that, oh, it doesn't look like that much of an improvement compared to the 1X version. Uh, I, I disagree with that. I also think, mm. like, getting an Ubisoft game to 60 frames per second is, like, kind of shocking uh, for people who kind of follow along, even on the PC space. It can be challenging to get a study a steady sixty uh, on any of their open world games. I mean, Watch Dogs um, Legion, even if even if you're not using ray tracing on PC, like that game is heavy on PC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, so like getting anywhere near it uh, for Valhalla is is kind of shocking. Um, but I think that also leads to like one thing that's that's sort of been I wouldn't say a problem, but something that people have, have noticed is. Uh, so Xbox Series X supports uh, a feature called variable refresh rate. Uh, you have to have a certain type of TV to, to, to do it. But variable refresh rate essentially operates like a hardware level. Justin, I expect you to correct me if I'm botching the explanation here. But it's basically a hardware-software combination uh, that instead of using V-Sync, it actually just like syncs up your frames so you don't get screen tearing even when the frame rate is bouncing. So if the game were to go from 60 frames to 52 uh, VRR would make it so you don't really notice that drop, and it also stays looking smooth. Um, yeah, cor cor correct. Like, it's the TV adjusting the refresh rate on the fly instead of just having one specific, um, refresh rate, essentially. Right. 
And and that's kind of clutch for a game like Valhalla. Uh, for people who don't have VR, you've probably noticed the game actually has some tearing on Xbox Series X. It's weird. The game doesn't have profound drops, uh, but a lot of what's reported is like, oh, it goes from 60 to 58, which is actually pretty pretty normal for 60 frames per second games. Like it just happens. Um, but tearing is not usually as heinous as it has been in Valhalla. So I haven't noticed it at all. It has felt like a, a smooth, clean 60 to me. But I think VRR is doing a ton of heavy lifting for me. So. I guess your mileage may vary if you don't have a TV set that that does that. Um, Sam, has your experience been somewhat similar? Yeah, so I, full disclosure, do not have a TV that supports VRR. Um, it supports FreeSync, which is not the same thing and is nowhere near as good a technology. It's still very early testing. Um, it didn't really work well, at least in my experience. Others may be having a better experience. So I have noticed some tearing in cutscenes, but... A, it hasn't been too distracting. Like, it's it's very mild. It's not, like, a ton of torn frames. It's just one here or there. And then the other thing is, I'm definitely not seeing it in gameplay, which is what really, really matters to me at the end of the day. Like, there may have been some mild frame drops. I don't have a graph pulled up while I'm playing, but it always feels responsive to me. It always, even if it's dipping to, like, the mid-50s or whatever, it feels good. It always feels good to control. And I've been in a couple of really big pitched battles. So it's definitely getting a workout. For sure. For sure. Yeah, like, Ubisoft is actually... I mean, with the exception of Watch Dogs Legion, which is extremely heavy on every platform, no matter no matter what, um, for one reason or another, um, I'm kind of shocked at how much Ubisoft is emphasizing frame rate. Like, they have a, they have a whole list of, like, upgrades that their games are getting for... Um, the next-gen consoles, and the only one that didn't at least have a 60 FPS mode was Watch Dogs Legion. Every single other one, Far Cry, um, uh, Assassin's Creed, like, every single other game that they're putting out is at least 60 frames per second on next-gen consoles, with stuff like Rainbow Six Siege actually going up to 120. Um, (laughs) If you followed this sort of stuff... Um, especially from the end of last gen into early current gen with Yubi, they have not done well on I, that I, front before. I was going to say, I, this is not part of the talk, so I'll be, I'll be brief here, but like knowing that they're aiming for 60 FPS in Far Cry, uh, the next Far Cry is extremely exciting to me. Uh, as somebody who played Far Cry 3 at launch on the Xbox 360, which yeah. was which was a cinematic 18 to 24 FPS at all times. Dude, I played it on PS3. That version was even worse. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, so I mean, one, uh, part of me wants to be skeptical, but also looking at even even Legion, which is a pretty, uh, you know, 30 FPS, it's a, it, to me it's felt like a stable 30, but seeing Valhalla run and feel good, granted, with VRR, uh makes me feel pretty excited for Far Cry. So, honestly, like, in terms of game performance, it's hard because we don't have a true next-gen exclusive first-party game from Microsoft, which is traditionally how you're going to push the envelope. Um, Obviously, with Halo being delayed, that's kind of an issue, but so far, you can feel that it's a a pretty damn uh, uh, competent machine. uh, Based on my my time. Yeah, it feels like... We, we don't have the thing that is straining it to the max yet. We'll get that eventually, obviously. But it feels exciting based on potential here. Uh, this is a good opportunity, I guess, to talk about Quick Resume. Uh, I know some people are having mixed results with it. I'm having a lot of luck with it. I haven't had any issues. And for me, being able to pull up The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which was, of course, the first game I played on my Series X, 
John, if you're listening, um, <laughs> was, uh, and then, you know, being able to go from that game, playing it, to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, to, like, Grounded, to Gears 5, and then back to Witcher 3 again, all in under a minute, is incredible. And all these games, like, I'm not going to the main menu, this is gameplay. It just, it directly resumes to the game. It depends, depending on the game, it might be 5 to 10 seconds. It, it varies depending on the exact title, and you can keep about 4 or 5 games resumed, but, um... I'm, I'm enjoying it. It feels very exciting. The, the reduction or complete elimination of load times is one of the biggest things that I'm loving about my Series X. Well, so in the... That, oh, go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say, uh, yesterday my... Uh, so, I was moving some files around between the systems because uh, a, a big issue, actually, on both next-gen consoles is uh, storage space uh, is kind of a problem for both, but one of the things my wife made sure I, I transferred over was, uh, her Witcher save, because she's been playing through Witcher 3 again, um, and, like, yeah, seeing that game run again, and then also putting it into performance mode, which, unless I'm mistaken, uses a dynamic res in its 60 frames per second mode, so... I believe it, it looked, does. Yeah, yeah it does. so it, it looked... It, inc- so, anyway... It, I mean, it looks flawless, 60 FPS, but also, you could, like, we couldn't make a visual, I jumped back and forth between the two, and I couldn't see a visual difference between the performance mode and, like, the 4K30 fidelity mode, so, I mean, like, like, you're, I mean, I know this is, like, not part of the talk, but also, Witcher 3 uh, continues to be a very good game to play at 60 frames per second now, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been cool, like, everything, everything about my experience, uh, with my, my Series X has been about... Uh, you know, the last seven years, Microsoft has had a very hard time, and in the last two years, they started getting their shit together. Um, and this console feels like a continuation of that, for better and worse. One, it's really good to see the things that they've stuck the landing on in the last year carry over and stay successful, uh, and to have a really fast piece of hardware. Um, but also, you know, there's the negative sides of that, which is like, their software is still kind of lacking on the first party. They've got a lot in the, you know, a lot coming, but nothing super imminent. Um, and also, like, hey, the, the game has the same, or the console has the same UI as the Xbox One X. There's there's some new bells and whistles in there, but largely the same. And, like, that isn't that exciting, right? Like, it's it's not cool to spend $500 and have the same UI as, like, your $200 Xbox One S or whatever. Um, so that I was actually was, That was go actually going to be a question I was just about to ask, because I remember, like, when I got my PS4 Pro a few years ago, you know, I was really excited, new console hardware, and, like, also, I had car repairs come up, so I ended up not getting the 4K TV I was planning on getting. So, like, I, you know, connected my PS4 Pro to a 1080p TV and booted it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just kind of the same thing. Like, it definitely took kind of the wind out of the sails of that. And, like, that's just kind of, like, a silly human nature kind of thing, right? Totally. Sure. <laughs> um, it's one yeah. of those things where, to me, and uh, I know we're talking about Series X, but, like, compared to my using my PS5, I think there's advantages and disadvantages. The PS5 oh, absolutely. Having, a new, having a new UI tickles that you know silly part of our human brain that goes, ha-ha, new experience, new gen, this is great. But also, I think the Xbox having the exact same UI means, oh, I don't have to completely relearn how to join parties. It's exactly the same as it has been, and all my content just carries over instantly. There was literally no work required on my part. So I well, think and also- you know, advantages and disadvantages to both approaches, for sure. Yeah, and another benefit of having the same UI is that the UI is scoped 
for performing on a fucking Jaguar <laughs> CPU on an Xbox One S. And so, like, of course, the, the Series X just, like, hammers through all the menus extremely fast because, like, of course it can just power through and load anything instantly. Um, like, even, that goes down to, like, your, your games and apps that you play. Like, if you were wondering, like, oh, when I'm playing Netflix, how come the UI is sometimes slow? Like, maybe that's my internet being slow pulling down titles. Like, no, it was a console limitation. If you boot up Netflix on your Series X, it will, like, it is so fast to flip through its menus, and it's loading the images like that. It is, it was a console bootleg that I didn't realize, or bootleg, uh, bottleneck, uh, that is just gone on Series X. So, yeah, like you're saying, like, the benefit of it being super iterative is that it can, it, it runs on anything, which means it runs really well on Series X. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a shiny, I, speaking of things that are pretty iterative and maybe not, not quite as exciting as the PS5, uh, the, the controller is good, a little bit smaller. I like the triggers. They, they almost feel a little mushier and the bumpers are further improved. Otherwise it's, it's pretty much the same in my There's experience. a, there's what a share you? button now. That's kind of the biggest oh, change, yeah! right? The share button. Yeah. The share button's there. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that kind of brings me to the last question, and I think based off of everything else you said, I kind of know what you guys are going to say, but so coming into this console gen, a lot of people were kind of nervous that if you're coming from the mid-gen refreshes, that these new consoles wouldn't feel like much of an upgrade, and I know both of you have used an Xbox One X heavily. So does the Series X feel like an actual full next-gen jump, even when going from, you know, the Xbox One X, which is the most powerful of the current-gen machines. Zach, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, why don't you go first? Uh, yeah, I can say absolutely. It absolutely does. We, we talked about this in some of our talks several years ago, when earlier in 2020 we were discussing how, you know, the CPU and the SSD would be such a big game-changer. And we hit the nail on the head all the way back then in our talks, because, yeah, having more GPU grunt, that's great. It's, it's going to be used for things. Developers are going to use it, tap into it, and make no mistake. But the CPU-SSD combo being such a leap over the slow mechanical hard drives and the Jaguar cores that we've been saddled with for so long, that makes it feel good. Everything just feels snappy. Like Zach said, when you're navigating through the menus, it doesn't matter what menu it is. Whether it's in a game, in Netflix, on YouTube, on the home screen, just it, it's there. It's responding to you. It's instantaneous. Loading the store doesn't take a long time. Swapping between games, you know, like I said before, games not really having much of a loading screen anymore. Or if they do have one, it's been heavily cut down. That, to me, is a next-gen experience. It's not about the fact that we're pushing even more pixels than we did before. Because at this point, you know... Even if I like native 4K perhaps more than you guys do, I would still agree with you in spirit that it's not about pushing pixels. It's about the overall artistic integrity of an image in a game. And, you know, more important than that, I think the frame rate. And that's where we're at. Well, and I, I think my answer is a little bit a little bit less uh, uh, resolute or, or maybe, like, definitive as yours, which is to say... If you are an Xbox One X and you are not frustrated by 30 FPS games, like if you are, if you are totally comfortable with like, yeah, this game's 30 FPS and I don't really feel a difference, or if I feel a difference, it doesn't bother me. I would tell you to wait until you see an exclusive that's worth grabbing and then go for there. Like like next time Halo is out or or whatever first party studio is is upgrade then. Um, but if you are somebody who who does care about something loading really fast. Uh, about 60 FPS as as much as possible. Um, 
I, I think it's the right call. I also think if you're somebody who, who plays a lot of Game Pass games, doesn't even finish them, just plays a lot of them, I think it's a nice upgrade because things like Quick Resume means hopping around is really easy. Um, granted, there's some storage issues. Uh, but I think everything comes down to how much you care about performance right now. Because performance on One X, if you can tolerate 30 FPS, it's a pretty tolerable machine. Like it still is. Um, but that will become less and less... Uh, uh, acceptable over time. The ports will get worse on Xbox One X. Like, I promise you, whatever whatever Ubisoft has given you in the last year, their next iteration on that, their next sequel, will run worse on your One X. It just will. And so, it's, it's a ticking time bomb. If you can wait a little bit longer, I would say do it. Um, but, you know, for somebody like me who's like 60 FPS uh, for Valhalla is like a transformative experience. Like, it feels so much better uh, than, you know, I... I have no regrets about about upgrading, um, but I also don't think everyone needs to yet. All right. Well, thank you so much for for joining for joining us. I always love talking to you guys. Um, I know you're really familiar with Xbox too, so it was really good to get your insight into the Xbox Series X. Um, if to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are going to have a whole lot more next gen coverage coming on SDGC. We're going to be talking about the Xbox Series S as well as, of course, the PlayStation 5. So stay tuned. We got a whole lot more coming. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, and have a great day.